0: spot, put it in park, here we
1: go.
2: It's the Free Parking Podcast presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on everybody? Debra here coming at you with the 33rd installment of the Free Parking Podcast alongside my co-host Bush.
0: 33rd installment, man. What a great way to open up this new episode.
2: A great way to open up and a great announcement we have coming for you. Really excited. Um, Most of you have probably seen it so far on our social channels, but wanted to bring it to the podcast format. And uh, Free Parking has decided to team up with um, each other, uh, our fans, followers, listeners, um, for this charity campaign we're calling it, Feed the Frontline. And um, we kind of all got the idea together uh, a a couple days ago trying to give back not to not to fight the virus itself but to, to help the people that are that are healing our nation um, whether it's you know different nurses, doctors, first responders, EMTs, police officers, the, the folks, the essential employees that are that are out there day in and day out trying to make our people better um, and also we wanted to support local small businesses, um, in each of our, you know, individual regions that uh, we all know and love, that are also going through some some trying times here and not being able to operate at their normal capacity. Um, you know, restaurants being open, bars bars being closed. So, without further ado, I think we want to bring on uh, another part of the free parking team that was a branch out about this, talking a little bit more about feed the front line. Um, at the moment, we have seven hundred and ten dollars raised, which is huge, and uh, just announced our first location that's going to be receiving a donation from a uh from a, a local eatery
0: so for all of our listeners out there we know you've heard of upper crust pizza they're a local italian restaurant that we have partnered with here at free parking to provide meals and a day of free lunch for the workers at mount holly virtua hospital Deeves, i was actually born there so this is awesome you know it's all Fun coming fact. back all coming back full circle so let's, uh, let's get Mead on here and let's talk about his experience in, in charity and donations and philanthropy and uh, why he came up with this idea with free parking. All right, everybody. So we'd like to welcome on Mead Wombold, FPP Frank, as he likes to be called, the so-called mastermind behind the Feed the Frontline charity uh, program that free parking has been a part of. Mead,
2: what's up, dude? Thanks for coming on.
1: What's going on, guys? It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, year hiatus from the pod.
2: I'd also, also like to add in that Mead balances our checkbook. He's FBB Finance as well. There's not, uh, not much too much going in, but there's plenty going out for sure. <laughs> That's
0: for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, sw- swiping the business card quite a lot, boys.
0: <laughs> the corporate card. <laughs> corporate card's busy on that end. <laughs> so, Mead, dude, I, I mean – Going to college with you, living with you for a couple of years. That's true. I forgot. It probably has been about a year because last time you were on the podcast, Deaver was in California at this point in time. So that was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, yep. good call. Yep. So um, like a year ago to the day. A year ago to the day. I mean, it very well could oh. be. Um,
1: so time flies and you're fun. having fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny that you brought that up. But anyway, Mead, you know, like I said, living with you, going to Delaware with you, man. You were always real big into philanthropy and donations and charity. And you know, you hit us out of the blue on Sunday, what five, four days ago, and you said, "Yo, I got this idea in the shower. So l- let's hear it, man." What, what did you come up with, and and uh, you know, what's the mission
1: here? Uh, yes. Yeah, so like uh, Justin had just mentioned, Bush. Um, I was in the shower. First <laughs> happened in the shower. Um, I had this great idea to get back to the front line of this uh, terrible virus that's been going around. So uh, with that being said, I called Bush and Deaver Hammonds. Uh, we put our minds together and came up with uh, this campaign that we're calling FPP Feed the Frontline.
0: Yeah, man, it was a great idea. It was an awesome phone call. You know, when you initially called us about it, you were like you know, we should, we should try to benefit one specific family, you know? And then the the idea just obviously sat in a group chat with four guys, sat in a a group phone call, um, for 35 minutes. And dude, this, this, this idea was born of why don't we support local small business? Why don't we support a restaurant? I mean, it was awesome, man. The, 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 the idea generation from all of us was great.
2: Yeah. I think the development of going from, you know, individuals, but then, greater groups um, that we have connections to right like whether it's on the small business side or the local you know places that we're donating to the the frontliners who are work you know we all have a kind of a backstory with both you know whether it be a local eatery that we all spend our time at um, you know family friend that owns the business um, that you know they're obviously not able to operate a capacity right now or uh, on the frontline side you know somebody's Mom, Dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, who's out there right now, um, helping you know heal our nation and um, and make sure everybody stays safe at the same time. Um, that's that's the other cool part about it, is being able to bridge the gap and and, and connect it back to um, FEP and our listeners. So I thought, I mean, the development was was fantastic, and it's it's being executed really well too right now. Um, we talked about earlier, seven hundred ten dollars so far and growing.
1: Right, right. And uh, just to go back to your point, I I do think it's a perfect balance that, you know, what we did come up with, with helping businesses in the local communities and then helping people close to the FPP family and still within the South Jersey community, Tampa community. So uh, I think we just came up with a beautiful mission uh, and we're going to help hopefully a bunch of people.
0: So, Mead, you being a numbers guy, uh, let's just let the listeners know how much money you raised um, as an individual and as a group. I believe you were the chair of the U Dance Committee. Just give us uh, some background on that, so the listeners can uh, can hear about your uh, your philanthropy background.
1: So, uh, from a broad standpoint, I guess I grew up in a pretty philanthropic household. Both my parents are very, were very involved, and in, you know, they're respected organizations, always giving back to the community. Um, So when I did go to Delaware and I joined my fraternity, uh, I took the bull by the horns and I I became the U-dance chair for my fraternity. Um, I guess over a year and a half, putting together campaigns and getting on all my brothers, um, we were able to raise $110,000 in 18 months uh, for childhood cancer.
0: That's, I mean, that's unbelievable, man. And then uh, all of you guys were responsible for bringing in your own money as well. So, I mean, how many brothers are in a fraternity?
1: Uh, We had about 90 active brothers at the time.
0: Right. So you had um, 90, 90, guys bringing in 110 K. I mean, that's, that's awesome. You know, here at free parking, we have nine guys bringing in, you know, $710 in, in, in two, three days. So, I mean, obviously it's not really too comparable, but I mean, dude, the, it, it's awesome. It, nonetheless, bringing in all this money in uh, such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah. You know, it's just gone towards a greater mission, something greater than us. Um, and, I think we should all feel good about ourselves at the end of the day.
0: Without a doubt, man. You know we can't thank you enough for coming up with the idea. It was just awesome all around, uh, and the the feedback from the community, any of our listeners who are are tuned in right now, uh, we can't thank you guys enough for donating. Uh, just want to reiterate one more time: uh, for those of you interested in donating, interested in donating to this cause, um, you can. DM us directly on Instagram. I could set you up with a Venmo or a PayPal link to Venmo us directly. Um, and we are accepting donations until April 17th, 2020. Um, so thanks, Mead, for coming on, man. And uh, Deeves, anything?
1: That's it, man. All right. Thanks, boys. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Bring me on sooner than uh, this time next year. We'll see <laughs> you next
2: year. We'll see you next year, Mead.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be in California. <laughs> Not stop. Love you.
2: Love you too. All right, man. Later. 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 Awesome stuff. So like we said, head over to our social accounts, at Free Parking Pod. You'll see all the information listed on there. The Venmo account is sent to. We also have PayPal available as well, collecting 100% of the donations and sending them to these local eateries, lining up our next location for a food drop um, and our next local restaurant to be be partnered with and named as uh, kind of the provider, supporting small business and supporting the front lines in an uh, effort for, you know, our community to to fight this uh, hidden enemy. Absolutely. And
0: for those of you listening, potentially at a later date than the initial release, the last day we are accepting donations is April 17th, 2020.
2: So we just got done talking about a bunch of good, right? A bunch of good that we're doing for, you know, the community, our listeners are doing, they're the ones driving this. Thank you guys so much. But you know who's a downer in all this, in this whole, you know, different realm. Yeah, that- I know exactly who it is. It's you. It's you.
0: <laughs> and I get the daily, I call it Dever's daily dose of reality. I get one a day in the free parking group chat and it's from Deaver. And basically what it is, is what would be happening right now in sports had sports not been canceled. I,
2: I just love to check the guys on it. I love to check them on it. Just make sure that, Hey, this is, this is what you, you know, you're missing. Make sure you appreciate it because it was the opening day of the MLB. It was the masters. It was, you know, we should have had the sweet 16. We talked about the one day. I'm pretty sure we had the Flyers, Phillies, Sixers, and uh, the final four was all in the same day. Um, yeah, I just kind of, I, I, I find it interesting. It makes it burn, but uh, the boys yeah, hate dude, it. They it's, absolutely it's hate it.
0: You know, it's funny. We just had meat on, and I. You know, I, <laughs> I wish he brought this up. But he is probably the biggest proponent. Again, dude, he's typing all caps. Dude, please stop. You got to
2: stop. F off. Yeah. Get out of here with that negativity. Yeah. I just I just need to share. Actually, the one day was pretty tough, too. It wasn't even just what happened currently, but then they showed like other. Oh, it was uh, the Flyers, Blackhawks, Stanley Cup when we lost the Stanley Cup because NBC was playing old Stanley Cup clinching games. I'm like, hey, FYI, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Patrick Kane's going to score uh, overtime game winner, which is honestly in Jim's life, probably the worst moment that's ever happened to Jim Gordon in his life. All of us, really. I won't forget where I was. Um, the other one, pretty tough, was um, it was one of Holiday's perfect games or his no hitters, and I was like, man, wish uh, R. I. P. You know, like seriously, like miss that guy.
0: Mm-hmm. And everybody's
2: like, dude, you had to bring it up. You had to bring it up, <laughs> dude, It's it's brutal. Honestly, yesterday was tough because of the
0: way the Flyers have been playing, and yesterday would have been the first day of NHL playoffs. So uh, yesterday, I think, was one of the ones that hit me the hardest, and I was kind of upset.
2: Um, a couple cool – yeah, that was a tough one. They showed a picture of the uh, Wells Fargo Center lit up uh, back in the day when the Orange Crush, everybody was in the orange T-shirts, packed house. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a couple of goods to come out of these re-airs. I mean, this week, right, all the golf fans out there, they're re-airing the Masters, not just like last year's Masters, but Sundays of historic final rounds throughout the course of the Masters. Um, to, today, of a recording. Where I'm watching currently uh, the 2012 Masters where Bubba Watson takes it from Phil Mickelson. Uh, I'm pretty sure Saturday is Tiger 05, where no he has the famous the famous chip on 16 that we've seen a thousand times. I mean, we yep. were we were 10 we were ten, nine years old, so we like we don't remember at all. So that's okay. gonna be cool in the watch. And then on Sunday they're playing the um, last year's Masters, which obviously we know very well, uh, but will be great great to catch up on. Um, a couple announcements coming out of this COVID. Uh, you know, we talked about some you know contingencies or. or Potential changes to leagues. Uh, we have an announcement from the NLL, the uh, indoor lacrosse league. Uh, you guys know the Philadelphia Wings that play at the Wells Fargo Center um, in the spring. Uh, the NLL has came out saying that they've officially canceled their season entirely. Um, that's a pretty tough one to hear.
0: Yeah, Deavs, that one's tough to hear. You know, you and I shared a quick sit with the Wings there for for a minute in their inaugural season in 2019. We were, uh, you know, down on the field very frequently working, and, uh, you know, it's tough to see that team go because, believe it or not, for to our listeners, the National Lacrosse League has a dedicated following. They're very niche um, because, you know, lacrosse isn't such a mainstream sport yet, but they pack the lower bowl of the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, they pack it. So, we're like
2: ferocious fans, and again, that one probably hits yeah. closer to home to you and I because we were spent so many nights there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, to cancel an entire season, I mean, that's tough, especially for these smaller, smaller market leagues. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cancellation is tough. Speaking of postponement, uh, you sent a good one today about the NHL, another contingency that possibly came out. One that they're talking about is, is considering. Rolling the season back to 68 games played, and I think the reason they would do this is so that every team's on an even playing field. In the NHL, they don't have to play every, you know, week in and week out or day in and day out together. So, you know, usually kind of like baseball, right? It's half game back or whatever it may be. Some teams are only, you know, certain games through. They take it back to 68 games, and you know where the Flyers were in the standings at 68 games?
0: I know exactly where their
2: first place in the Metro so the flyers would go in if they re- resume the season whether they resume the season or they just do a, a abbreviated playoffs the flyers would be the number one seed in the east it's, sorry, dude, in, the, in the Metro in the metro it's it's so good to be
0: true I mean oh my god man can you imagine they get the hurricanes in the first round of the-offs I dude I think we'd I think we sweep them I honestly think we'd sweep the Canes. They might pull one of those jerk wins that they always get. Um, and then, dude, the Penguins and the Caps will play each other in the first round. Get, not they beat one the of those heck two out, two out of each other. Stuff. Beat the
2: heck out of each other. Yeah. yeah. Man, it, 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 I mean, I saw the NHL isn't going to make a statement until uh, – Bettman said he's not going to make a statement until the end of April. Um, so oh, we oh, still – sorry. Two no. weeks away? <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah, we still got some time. And, and that's like and again, they might push from there. You know, They might push from there. Um, Later on, we're going to bring on Kai Carlin from uh, USA Today's Sixer Wire, um, the NBA, uh, looking pessimistic on their season, but we'll let Kai talk about that later on in this episode. Let's go positive. Let's go back to positive. It's a roller coaster podcast here today, but some positive news, some cool things to look at, a little flashy new things, NFL jerseys. Two new teams to date have released, uh, sorry, well, I guess two new teams of recent have announced new jerseys. The local Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Bush, initial thoughts on both teams' jerseys. Who wins? Who wins? The Falcons win the jersey,
0: and
2: <laughs> and I know that you and I are
0: completely opposite on uh, on the jersey t- uh, talk here. But, Deves, for me, the Falcons had. The coolest looking jerseys. I love the ATL on them. Um, I know that you guys all were saying that it looks a lot like a, like an arena football league jersey, but to me, man, I don't know. I think it's fresh. I think it's modern, and I love the red to black fade. I think that's hot. The uh, Bucks, to me, I thought they could have done way better. Um, they just went uh, basic. I'm okay with it. I don't hate it. <laughs> they went basic. They went basic to me. Where the Falcons took a chance, and I think they uh, I think they succeeded.
2: You can't call it classic instead of basic. I mean, it's it's classic. So the Buccaneers went back to their you know Super Bowl winning era jerseys, Gruden era, All Star era looking jerseys. They added in a very nice, and I added some of the v- Bush's vocabulary pewter. They added a mono mono pewter look, like gray on gray top. That one should be fire. I already looked up on NFL Shop the Brady version of that. Mm. Um, and the Falcons added like I think they have like eight different combinations they can wear at least of jerseys um you know mono black mono white uh they have this gradient red very flashy very not classic they they did keep their throwback which is nice the ones that they've been wearing the black throwback that they've had um but i don't know the socks don't have any stripes on them the atl looks very arena football-y on the front people are um comparing them to the longest yard i don't know if you've ever seen the longest (laughs) yard the what's the what's the team called
0: the um Uh, i want to say the menaces but uh
2: me machine, oh, the meme, the meme machine. machine, yeah, the meme machine. They look like yeah. the meme machine uniforms. Uh, I don't know. The helmets are okay. I do like the satin finish on the helmets. I think. I mean, for me, the Bucks win the uniform battle there. I, I I know Nike's going for the 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 flashy. I mean, it is the new look, but I don't know. It reminds me. I I said to Bush when he picked the Falcons jersey. I'm like, dude, you were that kid in middle school to wear the neon shoes and the neon socks, weren't you?
0: <laughs> and I absolutely wasn't. But Deves, you can't deny. Imagine on the imagine on the biggest stage, you see that red and black fade. Oh my goodness, dude! On a Monday night football, and like, dude, it's just a great look,
2: man. It just looks gimmicky for a team that I guess they they need they need a switch up because they haven't had success, you know, or, or true proven success of late. Um, but you, you put that uniform up against you know the Falcons playing the Packers. I mean, that just looks whack. That looks strange. They look they look out of place. They look yeah. out of place. Yeah, I see you know what you're when you saying. picture they look, like that, like they, they play the Saints. Yeah. Like the Saints have just like a, I mean, it's not much. I don't love it, but it's a timeless uniform, you know. And you yeah. throw in this like high school. They almost football look like an uniform. expansion team. An expansion team, right? Yeah. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I see what Maybe you're saying. What yeah. Maybe that's what they needed. Uh, I don't know. We got yeah. a couple more to come out though. Patriots are releasing new uniforms for the first time since their dynasty. That's a good time to do it too, man. Changing a new leaf. Brady's out. Um, both I, teams at first I thought they're both teams he touched changed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's is, and The Bucks plan theirs, though, for a while. I think they have to plan these a while out. Um, so Patriots changing theirs. I thought it was a small tweak at first. It apparently sounds like it might be a little bit bigger. Um, they're not changing colors or logo, uh, apparently, but bigger than we thought. Chargers, they came out with a new logo. They'll have new uniforms as well. I don't expect much different there. The Rams, obviously. Um, the Browns, the Browns of last season, um, they released a the uniform a couple years ago. Um, when when Nike came out, it had like the word browns written on the pants. They had some weird stitching going on. They actually got rid of it. And last year, they really started to use their color rush. I don't remember their all brown color rush one, which is a little more classic looking, like just simpler striping. The rumor is that they're going to go to heavy, you know, they're going to base it off of that and just change the colors off of that. Uh, and then lastly, the Colts have a small tweak coming, but I think it's only like a face mask color change or something simple. But this is actually the most. Uniforms change in a, in one season in a long time. They said I think it's like seven, seven or eight changes total, um, which usually you only see one or two. Um, so and a lot of teams doing you know full rebrands like the Falcons and um, and the Bucks are not full rebrands, but you know starting fresh with the jerseys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Bush, you brought up Monday Night Football earlier. Uh, what's what's the news on the ESPN front? They're uh, they're still looking to fill a seat there, and uh, they've thrown out a hook to a couple big fish, but haven't been able to land one yet.
0: Yeah, man. So ESPN's out there, dude. They're throwing hooks wherever they can, man. They threw one at Peyton Manning. No luck. Now they're going at current players for when they retire. They're shooting for one at Drew Brees, Deavs. They're trying to get Drew Brees oh, with it. I think it was like $6.5 million a year, maybe a little more than that, um, post-retirement from the NFL uh, to be a Monday Night Football you know, person, uh, ESPN uh, announcer for them, dude. Breeze isn't biting, man. He hasn't, he's not saying anything.
2: The story is pretty crazy. It was like pre, it was pre, um, pre Romo signing with CBS. They are rumored to, you know, be chasing Romo. Romo gets a record deal with CBS. Then they wanted to trade for, was it trade for Al Michaels? We talked about it briefly on the podcast, right? They wanted to trade for Al Michaels Michaels from NBC. Then they throw out to Manning. Then they threw out to Breeze that he leaves the Saints like tomorrow. Which, didn't Brees just sign a new contract? Yeah, two years. Two-year extension. Leave the Saints tomorrow, and now they've backed off to saying, leave the Saints in two years and be locked in to ESPN Monday Night Football. Those guys are desperate, man. I don't know why they haven't signed McAfee yet. I really don't know why Pat McAfee isn't in that booth yet. It is perfect. It's perfect. He's been doing all their college football games. He already does stuff with ESPN throughout the year. He brings that excitement, that edge. I mean, I think you probably need somebody a little more, you know, doing the color, the play-by-play. All right, There's two guys. There's a play-by-play and a color guy. The color guy more puts his opinion in. That, that, that's the McAfee type or the Romo type that puts their opinion in that where, you know, the Al Michaels or the uh, Jim Nance is the steady, you know, Romo back at center or Rogers back at center. So yep. I think to have McAfee in as the color guy will be fire as long as they paired him up with somebody steady doing yeah. – the play by play and get booger out of there out dude get him
0: out Deeves, you know the only way to get booger out is by bringing him into your office sending him down and then getting him out of there that's
2: the only way to get booger i don't out. think i don't know if you would even understand though Like he's like all right cool and then like no like you're fired and he's like yeah all right, all right sounds good i'll see you on monday like i don't think he would get it dude he's just oh, he's brutal man all he does
0: is tells you exactly what's going on but like exactly how exactly it's going on like and deaver sitting here talking into his mic and you know for him to talk into his mic he's got to plug in his mic to his laptop and then turn his mic on and start talking into it
2: and that's why he's sitting here
0: yeah it's just unbelievable dude with uh, but, yeah. a bunch of other go ahead in other dude in other good news man we, we got to keep the good news train rolling um, ESPN is giving us a little bit of entertainment here with this knockout tournament these with uh, the NBA superstars just a couple ah uh, superstars maybe
2: who do yeah. we got uh yeah NBA uh wait, is it going on ESPN is that confirmed yes it's ESPN confirmed Yes. three NBA players looking to do a horse competition at their own home courts um chris paul zach levine and trey young horse competition broadcasted live i don't really know how this is gonna look but i'm in i'm in i'm all in i'll do anything i think it's what you said in the chat too you're like i'll take anything at this point it could be it could be players from the 80s on there and i'd still watch it
0: <laughs> yeah and actually these what you just said might be true there are rumors in here that are saying that old stars and these current guys and a few WNBA players as well will all be involved in this. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty cool. When I thought of it says uh, cur- like uh, I don't know the exact verbiage they use, but it was like old NBA players that can still play
2: but aren't like you know right right you know what I mean? like so like I'm picturing like I don't know Paul Pence Pierce Carter. like that. Yeah. Vince Carr. Oh. Oh, yeah. like, oh, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just thinking of people that, like recently, recently retired. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Who do you got out of these three? Real quick, who do you got out of these three? Chris Paul, Zach Levine, Trey Young. I know who's a Mead was heavy on Zach Levine. I've seen some crazy shots out of that guy. He sent two. There was one, there was one where he got ticked off at the Bulls head coach. I don't know if it was this year or last year. I don't know. Did you see that where he told the the, 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 the coach to shut the f up basically?
0: No, I did not
2: see he, that. He, he 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 basically told the coach like F off, and then went back on the court, took it down after the other team scored, and just pulled up from the logo, drained it from the logo. Who's was ticked off? Uh, the other one that Zach Levine was a 360 dunk from the foul line, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go young boy here. I'm gonna go Trey Young. I'm gonna go fiery Young stud here. Um, I think he might pull this one off. I don't know if I'm gonna go.
0: I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna go Zach Levine. I don't think I think Chris Paul is just the name they were needed. To get yeah, this up, yeah. I think Zach Levine Trey Young are going to be the two that, uh, and, and who knows, man, Vince Carter, if it's any of these old guys, like,
2: give it to they one might, of them. Why not? They might keep building on it. They might keep building on it. Yeah. Less but interesting, though, with these other leagues kind of, you know, on pause, not much going on transaction-wise, but one transaction that's not occurring in the NFL is uh, Todd Gurley isn't getting paid by the Rams. So when he got cut and released by the Rams, same thing with Clay Matthews, both of those guys were owed money. And they have not paid them like millions of dollars yet. I think Gurley's owed like eight, seven $7.5 million. <laughs> um, and, and Trey Matthews is all, or sorry, Clay Matthews has owned $2 million. Uh, Gurley took to Twitter this week and said, at Rams, pay me my money. And Clay Matthews replied, uh, you and me both, TJ, better get some interest with that too.
1: What?
2: But, heating up. So there's some weird language in the contracts though. That the Rams, it reduces the Rams' liability if he signs elsewhere. So he gets, you know, maybe only owed $5 million instead of the $7.5 um, because he signed elsewhere before the new, right after, I don't know, before a certain date. Uh, but pretty interesting that like these guys are also, you know, sometimes the, the teams aren't paying them their paychecks too. Yeah, I, I would not be happy with that. Pay me my money. Girl, he's right, before we- got, a, got a stimulus check coming too. He's got a-
0: yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got $1,200 to check in mean, his check. He's going to hit direct deposits. He filed his taxes. So, but yeah, before we stray too far away from uh basketball talk, I think it's a perfect time to bring Kai in and let's uh, mm-hmm. let's get this interview going here um, about the state of the Sixers and what the heck are we going to expect
2: for the rest of the year? And we'd like to welcome on Kai Carlin from the USA Today Sixers wire. Uh, Kai, how's quarantine between you, man?
3: It sucks, dude. Not going <laughs> to lie. I, uh, I, I mean, like, I don't really have, like, Xbox One or PlayStation 5 or, or anything. I'm stuck with an Xbox 360 in terms of, like, gaming consoles. So I can't even, like, play any crazy video game or get online with friends or anything. So, like, I'm, I was playing NBA 2K12 last week and, like, wow. leading the Charlotte at the NBA championship.
2: <laughs> what a blast from the past. Honestly, though, that's that's something we're, like, we haven't taken for granted because we've been able to stay online and connected. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're playing, you're with a bunch of people at one time. I, cu- I couldn't imagine being on the old platform and not having that, like, constant yeah. connection.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, I tried hooking up, like, my 360 to our internet modem and was, like, trying to, like, see if I can get online that way with the 360. But then I thought about it and I was like are people even online on like xbox 360 anymore in 2020 probably not it's probably like a waste of my time you would try
2: you would try to get into a game and there'd be like 12 people like they'd be searching the entire nation (laughs) (laughs) like 45 people to get into a game
3: exactly like dude i was playing call of duty black ops 1 uh last week too and uh, i was playing uh <laughs> i was playing zombies mode and i was hopping on keynote or Totem, and like and, like playing some black ops 1 zombies and i, again, oh, I was thinking boy, about it and i was like dude, i was like dude let me just hook up the 360 to the modem let me try this again but then like <laughs> i thought again i'm like who the hell is playing black ops 1 in 2020 <laughs> Tried to go the
0: old <laughs> ethernet route you know ethernet right to the 360
3: Oh, I tried, dude. I mean like I'm I'm actually staring at my three sixty right now. The Ethernet cable's still in the back of my three sixty, but like I haven't, you know, hooked it up to the modem. I haven't really, you know, given like a good reason for it.
2: Oh man. You would have gotten in yeah. and then the other guy the other guy would have joined your zombies lobby and just been like, Oh, you're here I t- I didn't expect anybody here.
3: <laughs> yeah, well exactly. I'll be like, dude, look listen, you'll be Nikolai, I'll be the uh the, the t- Dempsey dude, and we'll just, we'll slay some zombies We'll quake till three in the morning, something like that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> in the me and one
2: <laughs> My question is, uh, have you joined t- uh, TikTok like Matisse has? You know what? My girlfriend
3: has been wanting me to join TikTok because she, she just joined. So I created an account, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not sitting here like making TikTok videos and sitting here like trying to pass time to be honest with you, a bunch a lot of old basketball. Like a lot of rewatching old basketball games. That that's what I've done in my time.
2: Yeah, I've been keeping up with some of your stuff on, on Sixers Wire too. You've been posting a ton of kind of like old it was you had some college games on there from Sixers players you were recapping, also like old Sixers teams and kind of like the best at certain positions. I've been digging the old old school basketball content um you've been putting out.
3: I appreciate that, man. I mean, we got to do something. We got to keep the content flowing a little bit the best we can. So, you know, got, I came up with this bracket. Actually, I have to give credit to uh, Logan Newman over at our Oklahoma City Thunderwire site. He came up with the idea for the Thunder, um, the top 12 teams in Thunder history, you kind of put it in a bracket and have the fans okay. vote on who the franchise history is. So I kind of yeah. did the same thing for Sixers Wire. We made a bracket to up with the top 12 teams in franchise history and have the fans vote. They voted on the 1983 Sixers, being the best in franchise history, actually the last team to win a title.
2: That makes sense, right? Last team to win a title? I mean, for sure, especially when you kind of look at it. It's like they got
3: Dr. J and they got yeah. Moses Malone, and then you got Mo Cheeks. Uh, the the team that came up in second place was actually the 2001 Sixers, uh, the team with Iverson and yeah. uh, Matumbo. They lost to the Lakers. They they came up in second place, which kind of surprised me because I thought it would be the 67 team that won a title with Will Chamberlain. And, uh, you know, how weird guys like that. But then again, people living today are going to remember 1967.
2: (laughs) True, true. People voting are probably more geared to the 83 team and the 2001 team. I saw, I don't know if it was you or I saw a couple of places they were talking about um, that 2001 team almost had a deal in place for Tracy McGrady. Is that true? This is true. Uh, they had a deal in place to acquire a team back and and bring them to the Philly and
3: have them kind of team up with Iverson, but I guess the way it was set up, Stephen A. Smith reported it, and they it yeah. kind of scared into like sending them to or excuse me, not Toronto, scared Orlando into like not sending them there. It was it was like a crazy crazy story, when I was reading it,
2: I was like, whoa, It's like, pretty God, crazy like,
1: that, the, the, that that a, that a leak
2: and like Stephen A. is a son of Philadelphia, right? Like a leak from Stephen A makes this deal and void it's crazy i mean and deals leak all the time they still happen in all the leagues i wonder why this one was different you know
3: it could be just because it was a different time like i mean yeah like when, true now in 2020 it's, it's like oh man it got leaked but like in 2001 it was kind of like a deal because you know lack of social media in 2001 lack of just you know the things we have now so it's a way different time
0: Yo, Kai. Real quick. Speaking of deals, what's what's going on with this whole Colangelo and Bulls uh, thing? That's that's happening. I hear he's uh, he's interviewing for some executive operations
3: role. Yeah, he interviewed. He didn't get the job. The Bulls made a hire last night. Um, the guy from get some. Uh, forgive me, I, I can't pronounce his name. It's like Art uh, uh, And his last name starts with K. so I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. But the Bulls <laughs> make a hire. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Colangelo was interviewing for this job at the Bulls, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. is a weird time. Like, 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 let me tell you, 2020 is just weird, bro. It's weird.
0: <laughs> so, Kai, I saw this, uh, this headline, and, oh, man, don't tell me it disappeared. Okay, so – I don't have exactly, so I'm going to do my best to give it uh, verbatim. But it said, The Curious Case of Brian Colangelo and His Twitter Burner Accounts. That was the title of the link to the article. It's an automatic click. You click on that nine times out of ten.
3: No, for sure. For sure. And, and you know what? I mean, I, I think people got that from um, the, that book that Yaron Weitzman wrote from Bleacher Report, the, uh, the Taking to the Top book. And I, I think like I think that's what he titled the Brian Colangelo chapter of that book, kind of the curious case, and you know everything about his God. burner Twitter, and that's what really was crazy to me. It was like how how after all of that, like let's just say you, you know you create a burner account, trash your team, see, and everything else in between, and then you get and then you know you resign from it. I'm gonna put that in quotations, resign the position, and then an NBA team a couple of years later is going to give you an opportunity to come in and interview for a job. I just don't understand it. I don't understand how that works. Uh, I mean, the Bulls have kind of been a dumpster fire in terms of front offices the last couple of years, but to go from, like, Gar Foreman and John Paxton to potentially Brian Colangelo, stupid. The whole thing just made no type of sense. I felt like I was in a twilight zone.
2: They must've just been fishing. I mean, just trying to get more names into the room. I, mean, I think the, I mean, again, you're the NBA expert, but I think that what the nuggets have done over the past couple of years to bring in that GM makes sense. Right. And I, I guess it's attractive for GMs to leave their smaller market teams for a team as prolific as the bulls. Is that, is that the case that guys would want to jump ship at where they, they, where they were. It's like going to the, you know, being the GM of the Yankees or the red right? Like that's a pretty high profile position.
3: No, for sure. And, 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 you know guys will always want to move up in the business so i mean the guy from denver i believe he was just an assistant gm he was gotcha. kind of helping out okay. team, you know, yeah. and everything they were doing in denver and now he's going to go to chicago and yeah, you know have be able to run, yeah you know be able to run the show and things there and, and, and it's not like chicago is not like the talent there is bare they have a guy like zach Levine who's borderline all-star this year they had a guy like kobe white the rookie out of yeah. carolina he' Really good basketball uh, before the uh, league suspension, and then you also you all they also have other guys there like Laurie Markkinen, who I heard is very he's not very happy in Chicago right now, but hopefully this move will keep him happy there because they got to keep Markkinen, they got to be able to keep him, and then you have Wendell Carter Jr. too. So it's not like the Bulls' cover is bare; they just need somebody competent to run the show.
2: Yeah, actually, the one uh, the one game I got to see this year um, in Philly was Sixers-Bulls, and I, that's what I realized. I was like, man, they actually don't have that bad of a, a talent pool with, with White and, and obviously Zach Levine. Um, but just like you said, I was, I was pretty surprised to see that, you know, they performed so badly. I guess there's still some, you know, a, b- a big talent away, but um, the one cool one to see Artie Giacchino back into the fold back in Philly. thought that was kind of cool. <laughs>
3: Good old Ryan Archie Diagono, the guy who made the pass to for the game-winning shot. Isn't that such a Spurs play? That just kind of sounds like the dude belongs to the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Like, we would yeah. he made the pass to, to, to the shot for the win. You know, good old Ryan Archie Diagono.
2: But, but I feel like that guy could walk know, around Philly for years and still get, like, free meals wherever he wants, right? Absolutely. I'll
3: be completely honest with you. I feel like half the people would not even recognize him.
2: Also that. <laughs> also that but if he's wearing like the nova basketball stuff i mean th- th- there could be a chance
3: maybe but at that point you have to like kind of attract attention to you like hey look yeah. at me i'm ryan like, you know yeah. and then they'll be like oh my god you're ryan you know what man here have a free beer have a free burger all nuts man but like yeah Knowing, knowing really.
0: Philly, they'd be like, "Oh, D- D- Archie diacono you don't play for Philly anymore." I don't care.
3: <laughs> yeah, for real. Like honestly, Justin, that's like that's like half the
2: city. <laughs> yep. Like, yep, yep. You play for Chicago, buddy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Speaking of uh, donations, the uh, couple Sixers chipped in to to donate to the cause. We've been talking, you know, obviously heavy. I mean, it's one of the only things to talk about right now is how. The coronavirus is impacting sports, but uh, looks like a couple of Sixers chipped in. Uh, Al Horford, um, you wrote about, um, as well as the Sixers organization. Kind of, w- would you call that PR play after the the pay cut um, kind of controversy, or you know, were <laughs> that they sent to somebody to fill abundance?
3: Well, <laughs> I mean, in, in a way, I mean, it was definitely it, it just it kind of seemed like a PR job, right? Especially after Josh Harris coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to slash our." you know, our payroll by 20% and then be like, oh, you know what? After some serious consideration, we're not going to do that. And we're actually going to give money to fill abundance. And we're going to help out this organization and that organization. So, I mean, it definitely smells of just public relations to be like, yo, Josh, this is a bad one, man. Like, you got to do something. But I will say the players stepping up, you know, like Joel and Al and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and Ben Simmons started this thing called the Philly Pledge kind of mm-hmm. a lot like people stepping up and stepping in to help out you know the city of philly like simmons has and um tobias harris chipped in with that all the Philly athletes such as reese hoskins and uh you know a couple guys from the eagles who like jalen mills so it, it you know it's kind of been a really cool thing though to see kind of these these big name people like these athletes from philadelphia really stepping up to the plate and helping out the, the city and the Citizens of that city, of, of who they play for, and the people who you know, because at the end of the day, those are the people paying money to to go see you play. So it's really cool yeah. to see them be
1: given back a little. Bit. Yeah,
2: definitely, That's- definitely. I think, I think, and. In- to go back, you know, to the the kind of negative, I think it was still really early in in this entire thing when they kind of made that decision about you know about the pay cuts. So I think eventually they would have came to the conclusion of you know donating to charity and and paying their employees in full. And I think it was you know a, a slip that got a lot of bad press. But um, I think I think uh, it's just really cool to see all of our athletes love the city, appreciate the city. Harper sent some money, I saw as well. I'm pretty sure to Philabundance too, um, as well as his hometown back in Vegas. Um, So I don't think I don't think they'll stop. I don't think they'll stop coming. The one weird thing, though, I saw uh, just before you got on, um, I I was on the Sports Business Journal and the NBA came out saying that players are going to receive their full checks on their their next league payday. But that's not definite um, in the future. So it's one to look out about. um, You know, I'm, I'm sure none of those guys are short on cash. But at the same time, if there's, you know, no TV revenue, no games being played. Um, it's kind of hard to, to pay your players um and i saw that you know they'll receive a full one this month but next pay period um they could see could see a change
3: yeah i, I feel like when it comes to that you'd have to like really take it like week by week to like, really yeah. Kind of decide, like yeah like like are we gonna pay these guys like their full salary or are they gonna get a pay right. cut or are they gonna get you know whatever um i mean if you really want my Opinion: I do believe the league resumes. I'm I'm not sure when. That's but I, oh, I do That believe- was my next That was my
2: next. Yeah, that was my next question because we you know, we saw the stuff about um, the, the the basketball league in China um, and yeah, we were wondering what, what your take was. So, you think they they resume? What's at what kind of capacity and what are you hearing from from kind of the rumors that we're all seeing of abbreviated seasons? Certain you know certain locations, closed door games. What's your what's your take on how it's going to come back?
3: Well, I I I believe it's going to be in Vegas. I mean, like if, if I had to like put money on it, you know, like I'm, I know I'm not a betting man, but like if, <laughs> if, if I had to, I probably have to put money on it being in Vegas. You know, either because they have those two arenas there that they'll play the summer leagues in, right? So like, like they'll play at, you know, they'll they'll play at the uh, the Thomas and Mack Center. Like like there are a couple of different. It's a uh, place they can go. And plus, they have all that hotel space. All that, the room. That they can roll right. Of, I believe. Exactly. So, I, I believe that basketball will return and it will just go straight to the playoffs. I, I think, you know, we'll just kind of roll with the 16 teams, which is unfortunate for the teams out west that are fighting for playoff spots, like New Orleans and Sacramento teams that were like, we're fighting for, you know, that eight spot in the west. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Different, these are different times and you know in the 2020-21 season next year you know you'll try again but I do believe that we'll have playoff basketball and my, my gut and my gut says we're going to get it back probably first week of June they'll all be in Vegas no fans you know it'll obviously be televised and uh it will just kind of they'll just have a, a sprint to a really crowned champion because from what I'm hearing is and I'm, I know you guys hear this too but they are desperate to crown a champion. And and I mean yeah. I can't even like the you know words how desperate they are to really crown a 2020 NBA champion. So I do believe they're just gonna strip uh, you know skip right to the playoffs and restart up by uh, the first week of June.
0: Kai, that's great news, man. June first is not that far away. Uh, and that's honestly way better than August and and the fall. Like we've been or hearing. Possibly so, or possibly canceling,
2: or possibly canceling.
0: Yeah, or possibly canceled, right, Dave. So Kai dude, we at, we wanted good news from you. I th- I think we got it, man. I think we got it. Yo, and the other thing I want to hear from you as well is uh this horse tournament that's uh that's going to be going on here. Um, hosted by ESPN, I believe. What is going on uh who are you picking for that?
3: First of all, the horse thing is going to be the dumbest thing in the world.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go on. We're Dying for anything though. We 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 need it. We're dying for it. Give me, I'll take pig. I'll take 20 games of pig instead. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean,
3: you know, I get what they're doing because I I get what they're doing with the 2K tournament too. I mean, like, but I mean, to be honest with you, like last Sunday night, I was watching round one of I was watching Andre Drummond versus Marcus Cousins and you know, play 2K and Mm -hmm. I was bored out of my mind. I was, I I was like, are we really watching this? Are we, I'm like, what am I doing here? And so, but in terms of the horse. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead.
2: I oh, was going back to the two K thing. I think the miss they had there, man, was some of the guys just weren't as into it. Like where you see a professional streamer, like that's their job. They're they're able. They're there to entertain, like right. multitask. Where like some of the guys like weren't as like up and like talking. I think what else what also would have helped is if they actually had like one of the guys from like. NBA on TNT or somebody actually commentate it instead of the video game, possibly. I don't know. I think it could have been a little more like interactive and real instead of just like watching, it's almost like watching a sim on my TV of like an NBA game on, you know, 2K. But uh, anyway, you're going to talk about the horse thing.
3: But like in in terms of the horse thing, I feel like it's going to be the same thing. I mean, like if I had to pick a winner, I'd probably pick Trey Young. I mean, just because he's, you know, he actually shoots it from half court doesn't care. So. I mean, oh, yeah. he can make them, but I'll spot them up from my guy Chauncey Billups. Just, just you know,
0: Chauncey uh, I love,
3: Billups, I love, dude. I love, listen. I love, I love the four Pistons. So like, it was really cool seeing them win. So you know what? Um, I'm gonna roll with Trey Young, but my dark horse is gonna be the old man, Chauncey Billups.
0: Yeah, who? What, what are the other old men that are in that? Is is it gonna be you know like uh Vince Carter and and Chauncey Billups? I
3: wish. And you know what, Justin? I mean like you just brought up Vince Carter and, and I mean like this was is supposed to be his final season. Mm-hmm. And, and it's gonna be interrupted by a by a damn pandemic. Do you know how like sad that is? Like I mean crushing. Yeah, that yeah, that that killed me. That, like kinda just like straight up like 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 not just a guy who it is involved in the NBA, but like even as a guy as an NBA fan, you know, growing up we all watched Vince Carter, you know, with Toronto and even his days with the Nets, and then uh with the Orlando Magic for that one year. Uh, I mean, like you know, we we all watched Vince Carter. It just it starts to kind of like see his you know career end because of a pandemic. I don't know, yeah. like it doesn't seem right. It was It doesn't seem right. It wasn't.
2: It yeah, it wasn't how it was supposed to end. He was supposed to go around the next couple months and, and, you know, spend his last game at a certain stadium and get, you know, standing o by the crowd just because he's, you know, been on our TV for the past 20 years. It, it wasn't how it was supposed to end at all. So that would be cool to see him get a last shot in the horse tournament, although that's n- maybe not something that he want to want to be known that, you know, his career won't be defined by that. But that would uh, that would help uh, ease the pain, I hope.
3: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see his name like, like like in the um in terms of like the horse competition and everything, and then the competitors. I didn't see his name, but like like I, I really wish that he would just kind of like okay, yeah, sure, like I'll do it, and, and just because of those reasons, Ryan. Like you know, just get yeah. one last car in terms of the NBA, and just like yeah, um. But like, yeah, like as I was saying, I, I wanted to add earlier the reason why the reason why I truly, truly do believe that the NBA resumes, other than the fact that they're um no desperate to crown a champion, is the financial reasons.
1: I'm telling you right now, yeah. the NBA has been
3: cold in terms of finances just because of what happened with Daryl Morey, like with China in the preseason. Uh, yeah. Combine that with the fact that there really wasn't a lot of interest this year because um. Because of like injuries, guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and there was a yep. little that there were interest this year. And on top Step of that, now the pandemic. Kid, yeah, exactly. So I mean, like there was a, there was a fewer interest this year because the casual fan is only going to watch stars, and because the stars were hurt, TV ratings were hurt a little bit this year. So I think they're so desperate just to at least get TV revenue for the playoffs, because if they don't have at least a playoffs, I read that they'll lose out on like one point eight billion dollars. And it's just like that's a big financial hit that uh, this wow. definitely just doesn't want to I think we will get some type of hoops in June just because the league is so desperate. A, to crown a champion and B, a financial hit would just be too much for them.
2: Lasting thoughts: If the league resumes and and you know say it's it's the picture that we're painting here, June closed doors, um, going with the playoff teams as is right now, that champion gets crowned. Is there an asterisk next to their name in the record books? Uh, does is their trophy a little tainted because of the shortened season? That's what I'm picturing, like especially as a you know heavy Flyers fan in the year that they've had, and that you know say say the same thing happens for the Stanley Cup, would I feel a little bit you know? off as a fan? The the, the Flyers, you know, the the thing has been, no, not since 76, the last time they won a Cup. Would it now be, no, the only time you won a Cup was when it was an abbreviated season and the playoffs weren't actually the playoffs? If it's our team,
0: it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't
2: matter. What do you got, Kai?
3: I'll be honest. I don't think there should be because if you're going to do that, then you have to put an asterisk next to the Spurs championship in 99 because because that was a lockout, lockout short year.
2: Lockout year, yep. Yep, that and, was my thought, too. It was like and, teams in the lockout year, they don't say anything there, so.
3: Right, and then, like, you know, you'd have to put an asterisk next to Miami's title in 2012 because that was a lockout short year. I mean, like, or you'd have to put an asterisk next to, you know, a couple of different ones. Like, like even the NHL. When was the – I think the NHL played, what, a 50-game season back in uh, –
2: they had one like '04. It was like around '04, give or take. There was another one. There was one in the late '90s, and there was one as early as or as late as like 2008 or nine, right? They had a couple. They had a couple. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's the that's the right way to go about it. Is really there's no bad mark on it. Honestly, it might even be better because it's it's not the league or the team or the player's fault. It's actually just you know a random act of God type doomsday occurrence so exactly it might even it might even it might even yeah it might be even better than a lockout shortened year where those guys elected to not come to terms and not play a full season
0: we got we got more good news out of kai there So i mean he, this guy's chock full of good news today (laughs) thank you so much for coming on man we really appreciate you uh taking your time for us
3: of course, man. I appreciate it. Always for you guys. Any, anything y'all you guys
2: want? Oh Love it, man. Thanks, guys. No doubt. Go hey, up mama. I could transform ya. No I can't dance, but I could dance on ya. Swiss on the beat. Chris move your feet. And maybe I could transform you him to a me. I could change your life. Make it so new. Make you never wanna go back to the old you. So rock and line, give it little time. Transform like Optimus Prime